Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Hey church, I read a story this week um, from a girl by the name of Sarah Hawkins. And she wrote just a quip, if you will, that sums up what David is writing about in Psalm 37. Listen, listen to this, okay? This is Sarah writing. She was weeping over the phone. Grief, anger, and frustration were pouring out of her as she told me her latest news. Her husband of over 30 years had left her for another woman. At that time, he had been a deacon in their church, a respected spiritual leader. He had been a stellar dad, a good friend, and many successful businessmen with a good name. But his spiritual interests had evaporated over the past several years, and his heart had grown cold. The divorce, it was bitter and drawn out. She was beyond weary and devastated by it all. But that wasn't the cause of her current anguish. She had heard that he had already married the other woman, been promoted at his job, was traveling on exotic trips, and even returned to church. She was struggling with the age-old question. If he was so wrong to leave her, then why was his life going so well? She, on the other hand, was left to deal with the brokenhearted children, financial stress, and the humiliation of it all. Where was God in all of this? Why was their life going so well, his life and hers was in such disarray? End quote. Listen, David, the man we've been following, studying, looking at his heart, trying to draw close to God, he understood this very same dilemma. The question David would ask is, how could the wicked prosper? How could the wicked prosper? Or, why does it seem like bad people with no regard for God seem to have a better life than those of us who live and serve God? That's the question he would ask. And of course, like I told you before, the title of my message is what to do. What should we do when bad guys win? Tonight, we're going to discover that David is going to exhort every one of us to keep our eyes on the Lord. He's going to remind us to trust the Lord for one day, he says, we're going to inherit the land. Well, Pastor, what does this mean to me? Well, fast forward to 2022. The reality is that there are people in the world, people at our workplace, that seem to prosper more than us. They take God's name in vain. They question his character. They suppress the truth of the Bible. And yet they get bonuses. And they get promotions. They get raises and company cars. They get trips, you name it. Those of us who are devoted followers of Jesus sit back in frustration, wondering, 
Why do guys bad win? Why, 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 why do bad guys win? Shouldn't we get more and do more? After all, we're followers of Christ. They're making plans for their vacation. We're making plans for our staycation because we're broke. That's how we think. But listen to this, church. Not much has changed over the years. How so? Well, it was Asaph. Asaph who struggled with the very same thing. And his and this problem almost caused Asaph to give up the life of devotion to God. You go, Asaph? Yeah, you see Asaph back in Psalm, 20, in Psalm 73, um, he, he had the same question as ours. And his question is, if God was a God of goodness who helped the righteous and opposed the wicked, why did worthless people prosper while others suffered? That, suffered? that was his question. His story is found in Psalm 73. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. You could turn there if you want to. If not, you can read it up in the screen. He writes this, verse 1, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. That's what Asaph says. But as for me, he says, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. Do you hear he cried? Do you hear what he's saying? Asaph is going, man, I, I, I see. Man, God is good. Amen. And we say that God is good. Amen. God is great. Amen. But he's going, but you want to, be, let's be honest. I almost, I almost stumbled. I almost slipped. I almost tripped. I was almost gone. Verse 3, For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live in such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves in cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. This was Asaph. This is what he was saying. Hasn't, we haven't stemmed, stemmed far from that, have we? This is exactly what people say today. This is exactly what Christians say today. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm following God. I'm serving the Lord. I gave my life to Jesus. Are you kidding me? But then I see my wicked friend, my wicked boss, my wicked, whatever it might be. We can even take that to a whole nother level in our government. You understand that. And when I say the Psalms were specifically, I mean, this is our day and age. And he says this. And he goes, Asaph goes, are you kidding me? It seems like it seems like the wicked are enjoying lives of ease and plenty. And it seems like they'll die without any suffering. And their lives, Asaph says, has been characterized by pride, cruelty, cruelty, greed, trickery, scorn, oppression, and boasting. Some of the godly were tempted to follow their own example, for it seemed that God would not interfere with the wicked in their comfort. Asaph, guys, Asaph, even Asaph himself felt at times that there was no purpose in suffering for God's sake. Now, let's chat for just a moment. Looking back 
Asaph actually now sees how foolish he has been to doubt God. Although he acted like an ignorant animal, the everlasting God had not left him. Asaph now Asaph sees that now that God in God he has the riches and the pleasures that are permanent and beyond value. They're far greater than any temporary riches and pleasures of the ungodly. And what Asaph wants to remind us tonight, church, listen up, as well as David, it's all about perspective. It's all about which glasses you're wearing. What? What do you mean what glasses I'm wearing? I'm only wearing the glasses that I can see with. No, 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 no. It's perspective. Because Asaph took a step back and said, wait a minute, I understand. They seemingly look like they're prospering. They look like they're, they're, not, they're healthy, they're wealthy, they don't have any pain or suffering. They die, it looks that way. But what, what Asaph has to do is he has to say, wait a minute, my viewpoint is wrong. My viewpoint is wrong. I want to keep my eyes on God. And he writes later on, he no longer envied the wicked. He says, nah, you know what? I even stopped looking at them. He says, because I found my full satisfaction in God. That's a good place for an amen. Because think about it. We are the same way, church. How are we the same way? We're the same way because we think when we look at, when we look at life in general, we think other people are prospering. The wicked, the cruel. Why is this person I'll never forget a story I heard. It, when it, was a, it was a pastor, and a pastor had actually contracted brain cancer. And while he had brain cancer, he was sitting there, and I remember part of his testimony and part of his stories is that he would sit and he would say, Hey, for just a moment he sat there realizing that he had brain cancer and that You're talking a pastor. A pastor makes his living thinking and writing and typing. And here's what he said. He said, for a moment, I thought, wow. Even ungodly men I know don't have brain cancer. And let me give it to you in my terms. He said, what's up with that? And we think that way at times, don't we? Well, he quickly repented in his testimony. He's like, Lord, I'm sorry. I, that, that is not what, what Christians believe. But for a second, our human side say, well, I can't believe that. Why? Why is she getting rich and, she's, and, and, and all she wants to do is this and all he wants to do is that and he's cruel and he's awful and he's wicked and he curses your name. And he makes fun of me when I say, when I talk about God and, 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 and I'm just sitting here and I'm supposed to get the promotion and I didn't get that promotion, they did. I don't understand. And that's what David, through the Holy Spirit tonight, wants to talk to us about. Psalm 37. David had written about the wicked in Psalm 36 He's going to pick up the wicked in Psalm 39, but now he's going to write Psalm 37. I want you to notice verse 25 first with me. Why? Because notice what he says. He says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Boom. 
This is what David says. David says, listen, I've been through a lot, and we're going to cover that later. He says, I've been through a lot, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Can I get an amen? Amen. Why is that important? Because you're the righteous. You're the righteous in Christ. I am? You are. But I've got a question. If David, the word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, I've never seen his descendants begging for bread, why do you worry so much? Okay, I'm out, Pastor. That's it. I'm just going to leave. I'm, just, I'm not coming. No, 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 no. Isn't that, isn't that a fair question? Why do we worry so much? I worry. Some of you in this room have the gift of worry. It's a gift. But it's all about perspective, is it not? It's about, it's about perspective. And this is what David says. David is writing in years of wisdom. The older and wiser he is, and that really should be the case with us. The older we get in the Lord, the wiser we should become. You see, grace and meekness should be our clothes laying down our lives for the Lord Jesus. As we walk with Jesus each and every day, the older we become in the Lord, guys, we shouldn't still be struggling with some of the stuff we struggled in our 20s. We just trust, okay, I've seen, I've seen. And you guys know, you guys know, you guys know. What do we know? You guys know what? Look at your life. You can go back and you can see where the times you worried and God showed up. The times you freaked out and God showed up. The times you were like, ah, and God showed up. Now, it may not have been on your time frame or your plan, but God showed up. And I don't think a one of us in this room had to beg for bread. God showed up. God takes care of the righteous. God takes care of his kids. God takes care of his kids. That's what David's going to say. Now, keep this in mind, guys. As we go through this, in this psalm, David will give you and I four encouraging assurances that God is still in control and he watches out for you. You ready? Let me give them to you real quick. Number one, he says the Lord can be trusted. The Lord can be trusted. We're going to look at that verses 1 through 11. Okay? Number two, he says the Lord understands your situation. The Lord understands your situation. Number three, the Lord blesses his people. And here's the other encouragement. Number four, The Lord judges the wicked. Let me give them to you again. The Lord can be trusted. You go, amen. I wrote that down. The Lord understands your situation. Where you are at work right now, God knows and he understands. Number three, the Lord blesses his people. And number four, the Lord judges the wicked. That's where we're going to pick up our study for tonight. So let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about can the Lord be trusted? Because David's going to encourage us. Here's the assurance, right? The Lord can be trusted. Look at verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 37. David writes, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass 
and wither as the green herbs. Check that out. Check that out. Verses, verse 2. Notice that David gave one negative instruction. What does he say? Do not fret. Do not fret. That's the very first thing. Okay? Do not fret. Then follows it up with four positive instructions. You go, how so? Well, before we jump into it, I want to give you what Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, the great pulpiteer, writes, and he says this, quote, To fret is to worry, to have heartburn, to fume, to become vexed. Nature is very apt to kindle the fire of jealousy when it sees lawbreakers riding on horses and obedient subjects walking in the mire, end quote. Do not fret. Do not fret. Why? Because it says they soon will be cut down like the grass. David gives the same answer that Asaph gave in Psalm 73, understanding that prosperity experienced by the workers of iniquity are only temporary. Listen, Mike, Shaw, and I, and and several of us have had these discussions you understand that even our current administration is nothing compared if you look at some of the governments throughout Scripture. You could imagine how the Jewish people fell under the bondage of Rome. How so? Taxes were through the roof. Not only that, the tax collectors would gouge you. You understand, they were oppressed. They kept waiting for the Messiah, the Meshach, to come. So so our current situation here in the United States, yes, we want to pull out our, yes, we need to stand up. We need to do something. But really, the bottom line is, listen, it's only temporary. It really is. Well, yeah, in four years, two more years, whatever it might be, I hope we win the man. No, 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 no. David says, listen, listen, here's the thing. It's only, they may feel like they're, what, their prosperity, I mean, uh-uh, it's, it's, it's only temper. It's, as a matter of fact, it's green grass for a season. He says, so is the herb, right? What happens? They both wither away quickly. And so we need to understand that's what it's all about. Life can be so much happier when we realize it's only a season. It's only a season. Because what we need to realize, we need to put on the proper perspective. What's that? Things are not, right? Things are not falling apart in our country, in the world. What are they doing, church? They're falling into place. Exactly. Exactly how God is designed. Okay? Exactly how God is designed. If you've studied your Bible and you've read Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39, you realize that Russia is still going to be a big part of the world. So when Russia, right, in 2022, declared war on the Ukraine, everybody came around and said, we're going to fight this until today where they said, no, we're okay, we give up, you win, Russia. And people are tripping. Why? We knew that they, we knew they're in Scripture, They weren't going to be defeated, at least not now. But I'll tell you, there's a day coming when God is going to join the war and he's going to defeat those Russia and the allies of Russia as they come down to attack Israel. That's going to happen. Will we see it? I hope not. 
I hope that we hear the trumpet soon and we can get a bird's eye view from heaven. But we know it's going to happen. Everything in the Word of God, church, listen to me. Here's where you can sleep good at night. Because everything that God said in His Word has come to pass or is coming to pass even now. That's your foundation. That's your foundation. Don't listen to the news outlets. Don't listen to the media. Go to the Word of God. What's going to happen? Read Revelation. We're in the book of Revelation right now on, on Radio by Grace. We're, we're teaching Revelation right now. And, and just listening to you, that brings back a lot of, hey, yeah, this is exactly it. But you know what's crazy is that we taught that back in 2020, 2021. And things have, I mean, it's like, wow, so much has even changed from, it's almost like you have to teach Revelation again. Because it, I mean, and, and, and put a little bit more, but, but that's what's going on. So David says to us, you ready? Do not fret. Don't worry. Right? You can almost hear the Bobby McFerrin song on that. Do, 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 right? Don't worry. Don't be, yeah. That's what David's saying. Bobby McFerrin stole it from Dave, right? But then he gives us, he says, why should we not worry? Because the evil's only temporary. At best, four, five, eight, ten years at best, we get to live in heaven forever. Wow, that's, think about it, guys. Think about heaven. Just imagine heaven. Wow, what's it going to be like? You know, no more tears, pain, or strife. I don't even care about the streets of gold. I just know that it's just going to be the best place ever with the Lord. And I think, I think that heaven is going to be so amazing that it won't even compare to anything here on earth. And the wicked, they seem like they're prospering. They can have it. And have the big houses. Oh, guys, don't get me wrong. My flesh, sometimes I'm like, oh, boy, I could do, I wish I had that house. Oh, that'd be so sweet. But I've got a better house. I got a better house. That's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet. If the Lord, listen, and, and I love you, but if the Lord doesn't tarry, guess what, church? Some of us are going to be there before others. And, and we're going to be envious. Oh, why did so-and-so make it before me? Oh, man. I'm going to miss them down here, but they're rejoicing. They're rejoicing. I bet if we were to ask any one of them, hey, would you like to come back? Listen, I love you guys. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Can you imagine? We get a story from that in the Bible. Can you imagine? Do you remember when Paul, when they, they stoned Paul with rocks? Okay, calm down. When they stoned Paul with rocks and he died, right? And he, and he said that he went, he went and he was just like, man, this is, this is crazy. There's, there was colors and languages and there's all this stuff, right? But the believers on earth were praying for him. Do you remember that? And that he had to come back. Can you imagine? He looked at him and said, which one of you were praying for me? I was there. Which way? Was it you? 
You know, or could you imagine if he's in heaven and God's like, hey, Paul, you got to go back. Why? They're praying for you. Well, don't listen. (laughs) Don't listen to them, God. I'm good. This is good. Can you imagine Lazarus? Can you imagine Lazarus was there? Right? Can you imagine the knock at the door? Hey, Lazarus. Yeah? Jesus needs you downstairs. I just got here. It's only been four days. And... Guys, we're not going to want to come back. Here's my prayer. My prayer is that we're sitting here in church and we hear the trumpet and we're all go. Not a single person in this church. We're all gone. And for a thousand years, we're just rejoicing and we're laughing. Eva, we made it. We made it. I can't believe this is great. A thousand years, we're just, wow, Rosa, this is amazing. Did you... This is great, because here's the thing. There won't be any pride going, well, see, I pastored the church, and I should have a big mansion, and you didn't do much. That's not anything in heaven. It's going to be, guys, we're here. We're here. And we're going to be going, wow. And you're going to run up to Dave and be, Dave, 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 we did your psalms. We had a heart devil. Why did you? Yeah, I went through that. Did you go through that? Man, you didn't live in 2022, David. It was rough. It was rough. Some of us even contemplated riding bikes. The gas was so rough. I mean, come on. Come on, don't tell me that's not true. Some of us are already right. I mean, I told Joseph Harris the other day, Joseph, have you ever come to the church and my truck's not here and you're wondering where I might? I might be here with my bike, okay? And he goes, okay. David says, do not fret, church. Do not fret. Don't worry about evildoers. Don't worry about who's in the White House and... Or anything else. Don't, don't worry about envious. Be envious of workers of iniquity. Don't worry about that. They're going to be soon cut down. Okay. Amen, Lord. Amen. But let me give you four positive. He says, here's what you do. Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him and trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and the justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers this way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. What does David tell us the first thing to do, church? Trust in the Lord. Instead of fret, instead of worry, instead of biting our nails and wondering what's going to happen, instead of watching the news, he says, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Walk by faith. Walk by faith, guys. Sight is cross-eyed and view things only as they seem. We have to walk by faith. Well, you go, Ben, what does the word trust mean? What does it mean when to trust the Lord? Okay, you ready? It's the word bakta, B-A-W-T-A-K-H, and here's what it means. To trust, to be confident for sure, to be bold, secure, and confidence. That's what it means. That's what we need to do. We need to trust the Lord. Don't worry. Wait, 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 wait. So don't worry, be happy? No, don't worry, be holy. Trust the Lord. Right? And some of you go, easier easier said than done. I get that. Some of you are saying, try it before I do. I get that. 
But the bottom line is instead of fretting and worrying and having anxiety, which is not doing anything but making us stress out and, and, and it, notice what he says, it causes harm. It causes harm. Aren't you envious of the person who is really walks by faith? Right? I'm going to put my friend Joseph on the spot because Joseph has the gift of faith. You know what the gift of faith is? The gift of faith, there's people who have that gift, but when he did the, the spiritual needs assessment, he came out with a gift of faith. Okay? So when Joseph sees life, he has that gift. We go, don't worry, God's going to take care of that. The rest of us are freaking out. You understand, right? Bethany was not was was in the hospital. It was touch and go for there. Joseph was just had this an incredible amount of faith. And we're envious. I wish I had that gift. Because sometimes you're like, don't you see what's going on? What do you mean? Just trust God. Don't you? I'm gonna take it. And we try to handle it ourselves. Come on, somebody. We try to handle, okay, I'll get on the phone, I'll make some calls, i got some connections, let's go. But the gift of faith is saying, God's got this. God's got this. How do you know? I just know. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I just know. I just know. Y'all are looking at me like, but, but, he's, but he's really saying, he says, trust the Lord and do good. Trust him. Trust him. Let's, take, let's stop for just a moment. I want you to ask yourself a very serious question, okay? You don't have to answer it out loud or anything. But ask yourself, do I really trust the Lord? Do I? Re- you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Do you trust the Lord for your salvation? Absolutely, I trust the Lord for my salvation. I'm, I'm, I trust him. Do you? Why do you say it like that? Do you trust him for your job? Do you trust him for your job? Do you trust him for your health? Do you trust him in the future? For the future? Ah, pastor, I knew you were going to go there. Well, here's what David says. David says, don't fret. Trust the Lord. He says, do good. He says, dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness. Whose faithfulness? God's faithfulness. That's where we should feed. Can can I encourage you? I've done this before, but let's let's do it. Guys, get a spiritual journal. Get a spiritual journal. Why? Because you're going to feed on his faithfulness. Well, how do I feed on his faithfulness? When God does amazing things and he speaks to you through his word and you see him do, listen, Listen, when we were praying for Johan and now he's walking and he's not even he's not even in Dallas. They didn't it hasn't happened. He's still in Amarillo. That's that's where we write that down. God is faithful. Look what he did. God is faithful. I want to feed on that. And when we go through rough times, guys, you can go back in your journal and you can go, Oh, I remember when God did this. Oh, I remember when God spoke to me here. Oh, I remember when God honored me here. I remember. Write in your Bibles if you don't want to get a journal. But write there, God is faithful. How, what, what are some of the things he's doing in your life? God is faithful. 
feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself, guys, also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. David, notice what he does. He advises you, us, right here. You ready? He, he, he advises us to replace worry and envy with a conscious delight in the Lord. We replace it. We replace it. You go, well, I'm not sure what that means, Ben. Well, it means to cheer one's heart and mind, considering by faith receiving the multiple goodness and blessings of God. What does it mean? It means to treat yourself to God and to count your blessings. Count your blessings. Okay? So I'm, oh, 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 I'm stressing. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. God says, no, no, no. Here, take that. Take that. Give that to me. And then, and then count your blessings. Count your blessings. Hey, question. Got a question for you. If you happen to know you had six weeks left to live, you knew for sure, would you live any differently? You go, yeah, maybe. If you knew you had three weeks left to live, would you live any differently? If you, if you, how about this? If you knew you only had one day, one, 24 hours to live, would you live differently? You go, yeah, I would. And we all would. Because let's just say we had three weeks. We wouldn't sweat the small stuff. We would take a moment to s stop and smell the coffee, if you will, what's going on. You, we, we, we would take a moment to enjoy God's creation. All stress would go away. Except probably the stress of, hey, I'm going to die in three weeks. But you might rejoice. I'm gonna, I'll be gone. I don't have to make next month's car payment. All right. I don't have to do this. I don't have to. Right? So, so think about it. Here's the point. Would you live any differently? And see, not a one of us is guaranteed any of that. And yet, at times, come on, church, don't leave me up here alone. And yet, at times, I find myself in the flesh about little things. Little things. And you know what I've, you know what I've came, uh, I've concluded that the enemy has come in and robbed me of the joy of that day. Delight yourself in the Lord, guys. Treat yourself to God. Treat yourself to God. Pray, worship. You're going to be okay. He's got you. You're going to be okay. You go, what do you mean? Listen, I'm telling you the truth when I say you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. It's going to be good. Is there bumps that I have to go through? Yeah, there's some bumps. But it's all to grow you more like Jesus. Delight yourself in the Lord, he says, and he'll give you what? He'll give you the desires of the heart. But we need to pull that in perspective. Why? Because I want you to keep this in mind. This is not a promise for people who want things. 
I'm going to delight myself because I just, my desires is I want a brand new, whatever it might be. That's not what it means. It's, it, 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 it's not. It's, it's not. You know what it is? It's for those who want more of God in their lives. Delight myself in the I want more of God. 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 How many of you in this room tonight want more of God? You're like, I do. I do. We want more of God. So delight yourself in him. But here's what I found. When I delight myself in the Lord, my desires change. My desires change. They start changing for people. They start changing for his will. They start changing for, wow. 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 What else should I do, Pastor? Commit your ways to the Lord, he says. Commit your ways to the Lord. It means to commit one's ways to him to truly trust the Lord It means to find peace, protection, and satisfaction in a surrendered focus upon God. Commit your ways to the Lord. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Rest in the Lord. How many of you are resting in God tonight? Just rest in Him. Why? Because God has promised to faithfully take care of those who put their trust in Him. He's faithful. And we can rest in the Lord. We can wait patiently for him instead of fretting and fearing that God has forgotten us or intends evil for us. Why? Well, check this out. Rest in the Lord speaks of a particular kind of rest. Like what, Ben? The rest of silence. Ceasing from words of self-defense. The idea is that we will not speak to vindicate ourselves, that we'll trust God to protect us. Isn't that, it's the, it's the rest of silence. Well, you, do, 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 you, you. Well, aren't you going to say anything? God's got me. Listen, if I've offended you, please forgive me. But if not, the Lord's going to, I'm just going to rest in the Lord. I'm just going to rest in the Lord. Well, why don't people like me? Newsflash, if you're a believer, people are not going to like you. It's the truth. If you are a born-again follower, devoted follower, people are not going to like you. The enemy, the evil, the the world is going to hate you, the Lord says. Why are you surprised when somebody's ugly to you? Because you love Jesus. Why are you surprised? I want everybody to like me. Why should we rest in the Lord, church? Look at verse 9. For evildoers shall be cut off. Those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Guys, this is the first time this is mentioned. Those who wait upon the Lord, God has our back, he says. He says, you win. You win. You win. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? What does it mean to really wait on the Lord? Be patient, guys. Be patient. I'm waiting on God. We have a tendency to do and move so fast and we don't wait on the Lord. Right? Our idea of praying about something is on the way to buy it. Right? I'm thinking about buying a new... I'm, I, I'm praying about buying a new golf club. 
Because I saw this wonderful, oh man, it's a driver. That thing's going to go 500 yards, I'm telling you. I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. Sir, we'll be that cashier check. Uh, (laughs) Lord, if you want me to have that, let it go through. (laughs) Approved, right? No. But you you you, you guys get the point. And sometimes... Guys, sometimes waiting upon the Lord means, listen, I'm waiting. And people don't understand waiting. They're like, well, what, would you have an answer for me? No, I'm, wait, I'm praying. I'm praying. Well, what do you, well I'm, just, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting. But not only that, notice what, guys? Think about this. He says, you're going to inherit the earth. So these people can have their mansions and they can have their cars and they can have all this stuff. We're going to get the earth. And it's going to be nice. That's not going to be the earth like this. That's going to be nice. That's going to be nice. Verse 10. For yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you shall look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek, yeah, shall inherit the earth and the delight of themselves, guys, in the abundance of peace. Think about what he said. He said a little while, guys, and the, the wicked won't. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place. He's not going to be there. Okay, I want you to remember a phrase, okay? Here's the phrase. If the Lord tarries, okay, we're all going to say, remember when. Okay, remember when? Gas prices were high. Remember when? The cost of eggs were $12. Not that they're $12. Don't, don't. This guy on the radio and people are going to go, they're not $12, I'm just saying. We're going to remember when, or remember when I didn't get that promotion. Remember when, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Point number two. The Lord understands your situation. Look at verse 12. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy, to slay those who are upright conduct. The sword shall fall on, shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Listen to what Warren Wearsby writes about this because he can say it better than I can. He says, since God can be trusted, we shall, we should not fret. And since God understands our situation, we should not fear. The wicked, they're going to plot against us, but guess what God does? (laughs) Really? He laughs at him. Here's what I love, guys. This is so classic God. Why? Because can you imagine the power of the Lord? He defeats the enemies. He defeats his enemies. He defeats our enemies by laughing. That's how powerful it is. Well, you see, I'm going to get those people at Calvary Chapel. I'm going to go. That's how powerful God is. That's the God you serve. That's a good place for an amen. amen. He laughs. Think about this. You're going through something. You got an enemy attacking you. Oh man, you're under attack. Okay, right? And all of a sudden, you realize you hear laughter. The Lord is 
The Lord is destroying your enemies. That's how powerful he is. God, why? Wow. He says, I see his day coming. The wicked aren't going to... I see his day coming. Look at verse 16. A little that the righteous man has is better than the riches of the many wicked. Did you guys catch that? The little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Guys, that's amazing. That's amazing. The little that you have, the little is better than all of the money that the wicked have. Because whatever the wicked has, it's not going to last. But the little that you and I have is far better than all that the wicked possess. A God-trusting righteous life is the best long-term investment strategy. Well, Ben, I wish I had more money. Well, I wish I had... Be content with what you have. God knows, and he's walking with you each and every day. If you've eaten today, praise God. Praise God. I mean, seriously. Well, no, because sometimes we feel like, like because we get to eat that we're, that's, that we're entitled to it. And if you had two meals and you go, oh, well, I've had two. Some of us had three. Some of us had snacks. Not looking at anyone. We're bl- you, the point is we're blessed, are we not? We are so blessed. We're so blessed, guys. So God knows. God knows. Now, he's also wanting us to be wise. You understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is not maxing out your credit cards where you can't pay. And then you go, God, help me. We need to be wise. We don't live beyond our means, but we're content with what we have. That's what he's saying. Verse 18. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Do you guys see that? You are considered the upright. Can I just tell you this? The Lord knows your days. He knows your days. Every one of us, if God, if the Lord Jesus tarries, every one of us has an appointment that you cannot miss. (laughs) You have an appointment. It's written. And the Lord said, okay, he was born here. He's going to come here. It's okay. It's okay. An inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed of, uh, of what? In the evil time. In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked, they're going to perish. And the enemies of the Lord, like a splendor of the meadow, shall vanish into smoke. They shall all vanish the way. Now, there's something that you need to grasp on here, okay? Particularly 2022. Notice what it says. In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. What does that mean? What does that mean? God's going to take care of you in the coming days. But I'd also encourage you to be wise. To be wise. 
You go, what, what, what do I need to do? I'm not telling you to be doomsday preppers. Let's all build a bunker and we'll hide in there till it's all over. What I'm telling you is, hey, listen, if you can afford a few cans of food, a little bit extra, save some. Put it away. Have it for the future. Because that's wisdom. Wisdom is to have that. We, we all did this when, when it was Y2K. Do you remember Y2K? Do you remember? Every, the computers are going to crash! And, and, and there were people who had stacks of food as big as... I was like, wow, what are you going to do with all that? And then, and then, you know, from 1999, and then it was nine, eight, seven. We're all sitting here going, is it going to happen? And, and we got up the next morning, and no computer crashed, and no bank computer crashed, and we all had a bunch of food. You go, well, what's different? God's going to take care of you, but... The food is not for you. The food is so that you can be generous and you can help others in their time of need. Because that's what, that's what God has called us to do. We're not going to turn away a mother with children who needs food. So if we have it, absolutely, here you go. Here you go. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and delights in his way. Though he, what? What's that word, church? Fall. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hands. He says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Guys, on this portion of scripture, we're going to see how the Lord blesses his people. How the Lord blesses his people. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, so we'll have to pick this up next week, next Wednesday night, verse 21 through 40. But, but think about this for just a second, guys. In our world... Every time we turn on the TV, we feel like and see the wicked are prospering. You see, for a multimillionaire who's wicked and awful and ugly, four bucks or five bucks a gallon for gas is not a big deal, is it? They're not, they're not, they're not worried about it. Or those who, uh, yeah, it's the little guys who go, man, I can't, I can't do this. Just remember, perspective perspective trust the lord trust the lord guys he knows your situation it's only for a time it's only for a season it's only for a season he's got you he's got you delight yourself in the lord and feed on his faithfulness can i get an amen Amen. lord Sorry we didn't finish the text, God, but you have so much for us. And I thank you that Wednesday nights were so flexible and that we can stop and we can pray. Father, as the worship team comes back up to lead us in another song, I pray for everyone here. They would take to heart, Lord, just the positives, Lord. 
the positives of trusting you, Lord, myself included. Lord, the positives of delighting ourselves in you. Lord, turning fret and fear into worship. Lord, looking at our spiritual journals and seeing how amazing you are. Seeing how faithful you've been. Quite honestly, Lord, that brings tears to my eyes when I think how faithful you've been and how unfaithful I've been. And I would ask for your precious forgiveness, Lord. Lord, it was your servant Paul that told us that, that he was content, Lord. He was content, God, when he was hungry, and he was content when he was full. And he said, whatever state I'm in, I was content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, we must learn contentment. Let our eyes, get our eyes off all those, the wicked, the awful, the ugly, the cruel, that seemingly are prospering right now, God. Help us to get our eyes back on you. Lord, before we sing this next song together, let's just, Father, just just sit quietly in your presence for just a couple of minutes. With our eyes closed, Lord, search our hearts. Search our hearts, God. What's going on in there? Why, Lord? We want to love you more. We want to walk closer to you. Lord, why is the desire of my heart different than yours? Show me my blind spots, Lord. Lord, there's nothing in the world that should be more important to, to us than you. Holy Spirit, come. We give you permission. We give you permission right now. Take your precious spiritual scalpel and take those things that are not pleasing to you out of our hearts, God. Take those selfish, those selfishness, Lord. Take, take all those things, God. sit quietly before you, Lord. Father, as we worship you now, may it be pure and genuine. And we love you, Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.